Hello, my name is Gunnar von Böen from the Apollo team, and you are listening to the Scene World podcast. It's the Scene World podcast, and my name is AJ. And his name is Jörg. Um, So, so. in a minute, we talk to Lukas Lund to talk about a novel based on a game, on a novel. Um, The detective game. The detective game, yes. And the novel is the detective game novel. Which, yes, which Jörg mentioned is a novel based on a game, which is based on a novel. Is that actually true? No, I don't think that's actually true. I think we're just... I, oh, so, okay, so it's the detective game. So I think that the game... It's is, not based on a novel. It's not I based on a novel, so. but is it is the, the the game runs as a novel, kind of like an interactive yeah. novel. So the, the novel based on that game, which is in itself sort of a novel, is... Yeah, yeah I mean, there's yeah there's, there's a couple of different layers of, 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 what, of what's happening in this... Um, but we'll get to that in a minute when we yeah. speak to. Yeah, just reading the it. The game it. is not based on a novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the novel is based uh, on the game, right? Um, so the detective novel is the novel mm-hmm. that will be based on the game. Yes, and it will come out in Swedish first, and afterwards in English. Mm-hmm. And uh, the game is is from um, from Sam. Monthrope, yes, and was published by Argus Press Software in '86. Yes, for and, the and, and none of us have heard of it, right? So that's... And that was the North America release in in um, in Europe. It was also released. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was released. It's just that we didn't. None of us ran across it. It's one right. of those obscure games, yeah. which, yeah. which. I, I hope to be exploring a little bit more in some the way, other stuff the that way, won't tease too much. Right. The way the way I heard about it was that um, Lucas Lund liked our um, our posts on Instagram, our photos, and he used the detective novel account for it. It was like the detective novel. That that sounds interesting. So I was yeah. checking him out and invited him from interview. Yes. And this is the this interview. But before we go there, before let's that. talk to the news. Yes, I'm gonna go first because yours is a little. Uh, I, I, my my news is a little headier than yours, I think. Right. Little okay. little little later later on the subject. Um, our own very own Nick Vivid has an album that is coming out. Um, on. I already lost the thing. Um, he's got an album called No More Secrets that's coming out on November 11th, 2021. That's, that's this year. That's, that's in nice. in just a couple of weeks, honestly. Um, nice. There's already a, a couple of videos out for uh, some of the singles, Trainers, um, and um, uh, there's another another uh, another one that's out. I can't think of what it is, though. But, but you should check out Trainers because he actually, the video is, he coded it all on the 64. So when you watch it, like like the the um, it's synced perfectly to the music. It's a little dude running around, a little little, little computer Nick Vivid running down the streets of of you know New York, I guess, and awesome. doing his thing. And it's 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 really well done. Even there's even a uh, 
behind the scenes look at how he, he did it in a certain number of lines of code and awesome whatnot. so so i can say uh you know he might not be he may be on hiatus from the scene but he definitely hasn't dropped his 64 roots yet right 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 and plus nice. the album is just it's just a fucking banger so everyone go check it out <laughs> nice we'll probably put a put a put a link and maybe a little you sure know, we'll play something above, above that here sure so they can see yep um so yeah it's nickvivid.com go check it out right well my part of the news um we, we should start with explaining that um a while ago we had this tour of the digital retro park mm -hmm. the computer museum Which in awesome. uh, offenbach germany yeah one of my favorite H. podcasts ha liked it a lot um it was because... right in the middle of the pandemic and we it was like the first right. time we were able to go somewhere because right you know like aside from just working home and, and you've just been pretty much home it's like we don't we don't go anywhere and yeah. it's like being right. able to take them they took us through the park <laughs> and showed us everything and it was like oh this is at the time i remember saying we need to do more of this with other museums because <laughs> because that's what people need right now and i don't think we ever did but yeah, well, but, that's basically the reason because when we interviewed museums, it was mostly about them closing yeah. and looking for money. So yeah. <laughs> that's yep, basically as it. Is and, a... and by the time as we record this, there have, have been some museums and collections closing down mm -hmm. due to the pandemic. So, um, yep. yeah. Um, and uh, the vice president, um, Thomas Dutton, aka Muck um, was the one that had the idea that I approached Stefan Pitch, who is the president, and um, and Falk Heinzelmann and invite them to the podcast. So that was very nice of him because Thomas, Thomas wasn't really into speaking English and stuff. So he kept more in the background. They never but unfortunately, Pardon? Nobody wants to speak English with us. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. 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 Thomas unfortunately died a few days ago, um, not of COVID, that I can say. And um, he was also the person that was very active on other um, clubs. Mm -hmm. um, for example, the um, what was it only that we interviewed a couple of years ago? um and and also homecon which is the uh, i think the other word for club would be association right yeah of homecon mm -hmm. which is a user meeting of around 50 people in in hanau germany so it's all in the same area you know mm. um all neighbor cities and also thomas was the one that um on events always had a um, a photo camera with him, a, a DLR, and making photos. So most of those photos on my Facebook field were actually taken by him. Yeah, most of the pictures uh, that, so, that you that have you in them, right? Specifically, right. yeah, right. And um, and also his photo was used on the superstars of fifth uh, of twenty fifteen. By Walter Day's trading card collection mm -hmm. to well to honor my part with Scene World 
participating in the retro history right um and the arcade history so thanks for giving me the permission thomas um well so it's very sad and he is very much missed by by the um by the german retro scene in particular yeah it's um i didn't expect back then in in march 2020 when the pandemic started that on this open Saturday um, of the formation only, it would be the last time to see him. Yeah. Right. So thanks for spending the time with me uh, while you were still around and rest in peace. That's all I can say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's always sad to lose one of our own. True. True. Especially if it's some person you hung, hung, hang around with hung around with a couple yeah. of times yeah for 10 years in in your personal life like i did Absolutely. um right but we also have other news that are a bit more lighthearted. we do and um for example there is somebody that calls himself benny sns deaf and he released a new game for the SNES called True Instinct. And True Instinct is pretty much like Rock and Roll by Rainbow Arts. Mm -hmm. um, that was released on the Amiga and converted to the Z64 by Hans Eppisch, by the way. It was, it was originally created by... Um, by Rainbow Arts for the Amiga and was then uh, converted huh. by Hans Eppisch to the D64. Interesting. Um, and in the historical interview I did with Hans a while ago, he mentioned that it was very hard to make it, you know, fluent and looking and feeling good on the Commodore 64. Oh yeah. Because obviously the Amiga version is a lot. Um, the Amiga is a lot more powerful than the 8-bit C64. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, and um, I don't know how much more powerful it is. I think you know, it's got some extra colors and stuff. It is sixteen bit. I think. I think its main thing, if if the sixty four had been given a blitter, I think it could have kept up with the Amiga, and that's pretty much what the what the what the uh, the sixty five the, the the Commodore sixty five did was add a blitter to the sixty four. And turn it into right. this thing that and and one of the reasons it was discontinued or or not you know not finished or not not deprototyped was because it was taking a bite out of Amiga. It was getting too close to what they were doing there. Well, and last news I have is there is a new game by Richard Bayless in cooperation with Plasoon, and that would be. Rocket Away 2. Ooh, Richard Bayless. Yep. Rocket Away 2. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And that would be it. That would be all the news that we have. So right. let's jump to Lucas Lund and I talk about the detective novel. Yes. Yes. Let's do that. Okay. Bye bye. Pachow. Today. We are having another guest again, as 
in every episode, and this time yeah, you're, you're acting like that's a new yeah, like like having a guest is a new thing. <laughs> right, <laughs> and in, this time it's actually uh, Lukas Lund from Sweden. Hi, and um, Hi, interesting story here is I found you because you found us first on Instagram and liked one of our last interviews, the one with Mr. Awesome, and I was like. Look at this guy's profile. He's writing a novel out of a video game. <laughs> that's, that's special, isn't it? Yeah, it usually and goes I, the I, other way around, doesn't it? Yeah, I think the most common thing is uh, that you make a video game from uh, a movie or maybe maybe a book as well. Right, right. Right, right. Like The Hobbit and, uh, and so on, but yeah. It's interestingly, it's a... Uh, it's a not so much known jewel in uh, in in game history for the Commodore 64, at least for HA and me. We never heard of it before. Yeah, it's the detective it. game. Yeah. The detective game. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So perhaps um, let's start with the early beginnings. How did it actually happen that you got in touch with computers, electronics, your Commodore 64, and finally the idea of making a novel? Oh, this is a long story, but you have time, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, you have time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. has an hour, and I have unlimited time. Yes, so. yes. Oh, okay, okay. Well, it, I, I think it was in the mid-1980s when uh, I first encountered a Commodore 64 at my cousin's place, and I saw this first game. It was, uh, I think it was Exploding Fist, the karate game. Oh, and I was left alone for a while with this computer, and I played the Gurus. Uh, this uh, you, you you move around in a circle with a with a space shuttle and shooting uh, like a space space oh, gyrus. Gyrus, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. So that that was my first experience of this computer, and I, I really got stuck to it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just. Uh, a little bit later, we got the computer from our parents. Uh, my brother, who's uh, five years older than me, got this computer. So we had it in our home, and that was the start for me to play games on the Commodore 64. Hmm. Interesting. You said you said in the 90s, so you actually came quite towards the end of the lifetime of the Commodore 64. No, uh, it was in the mid-1980s. Oh, sorry, I misunderstood. Oh. Okay, yeah, 1980s. Yeah, so Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think 1986 we got this computer. Okay. And um, I was um, at that time 10 years old. My brother brother was 15. And just a year later, he wanted to uh, he wanted a stereo with cassette uh, player and, and such things. And I got the computer in my room instead. And that from that moment on, I was totally lost into computers. I would say. <laughs> And I got wow. more and more games from from friends, and you know, you copied games from each other, and uh, we were playing games in in our bedrooms. And uh, of course, yeah. Yeah. thinking about that time, I must have spent so many hours with this computer. But oh, yeah. it lasted only only a couple of years because uh, in nineteen late nineteen eighty eight or early eighty nine, we sold this computer to to buy an Amiga instead. Of course. So, yeah. But, but I missed some of those games. I really did. 
they were not the same on the Amiga. If they, even if the graphics were better and uh, the sounds were better and music, uh, there were some games that really didn't reach the level they had on the C64, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to mention, for example, Whistball. You played the Whistball? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. The music in Whistball, I think it was really good. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't the same on the Amiga. Right. Yeah. The Polar Sound chip is hard to compare with the SID chip, actually. That's true. Yeah, well, because the SID chip has such... You know what you're getting from the SID chip, whereas this Paula can do a lot of different things, and it's not always going to sound the same, whereas the SID is like... You hear it, and it's instantly like, that's the SID. Yeah. Right. Pers- the SID chip has a personality, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that was the end of the C64 era, except for my my friends that still had this uh, computer. So I I could still play the C64 games, but not at home anymore. But uh, as time went by and uh, um, I I switched from Amiga 500 to 1200, the 32-bit machine, and... uh, I did have an Amiga for a long time until it broke down, actually. And then I repaired it to write my uh, university thesis on it mm-hmm. and used CrossDose uh, to, to uh, export text from Amiga to, to PC and so on. But during the years, this, uh, this game, the detective game, to get back to that one, I had it in mind and wondered how... How was I, how could I solve this game? I did never solve it. I played it so many times. I uh, I uh, bought uh, papers, magazines, computer magazines at the time to to find uh, tips and tricks and uh, how to get the evidence in. Because there are ten evidence, you need to collect all of them, and then they reveal the the killer. And I, maybe I got uh, six or seven, I couldn't get any more. And I read these, uh, these magazines just to find uh, evidence or any tips to, to find more, but I couldn't. I always got shot in the end of the game. So I, I had, uh, I tried so many things, uh, many versions of, yeah, uh, you, have you seen the end ending of this game? Maybe no, 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 never, never actually. Honestly, played, so. I've never heard of it until now. Right, okay. right. Yeah. I mean, detective game. There was a detective game because I was thinking of Cluedo. You know, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. That's I thought. I thought it too. Like Clue, like it sounds a lot like like Clue, where you've got to. Right. Yeah. In, in German, and... in German, we call it uh, we call it Cluedo. In 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 English, it's called Clue. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but that's not what it is at all. Right. Right. No. You have actually 140 minutes to to solve this case. Ah, also... that is why I read in the comments of Lemon uh, Lemon 64 that people say I always got shot when the when the light got black or something. The light turned yeah. out. So you, yeah, so you like, have what, so you have after after the minis uh, after the minutes run out the light goes off and you get shot yeah. or something. Yeah. Okay. You you hear three shots and uh, the light goes back and he's lying on the ground dead. Hmm. So uh-huh. of course, I I tried so many tricks to to hide in different rooms or uh, 
to wear a gun and, and such, but I need, never make it. And, and the thing is that uh, maybe I've seen it on the internet as well, but there is a bug in this game. So you cannot find all evidence. They, they are usually marked with an E as in evidence. Six or seven, I think seven of them are marked with an E and a bug is making them the last three ones missing this E. Oh. Wow. But if you find them and if you put them in the, uh, the padded envelopes and if you point out the correct killer, you, you will solve the, the case anyway. So, Do we know if that is a bug or, or is it just to make it harder for, for, from the programmers? I, I think there was, as far as I know, only one programmer and that's what Sam Manthorpe. Right, yeah. I actually read he did he did everything. It was like a one man job, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was credited for everything. Yeah. So probably yeah, he didn't have access to a lot of beta testers and stuff to actually look out for right. bugs. Yeah. yeah. He he says laughing that there was no QA at that time. We didn't mm -hmm. quality test it. So he did all of it by himself and I think if you have a limited amount of time and yeah. Sometimes you have to release the game anyway. But it, today, I think it's a bit of the charm of the, this game. You can still make it, but it's tough. And I think he also thought that it's too tough to make this game. But the funniest thing is um, he has found the walkthroughs on the internet and people spend time. Long through. play. Long play. Yeah. Yeah. Long play as well. Yeah, nowadays you just go on YouTube like, bam! Here we yeah. go. <laughs> I actually yeah, saw you got days. a bit of fame there. You got you got mentioned in an article in, on Retro Gamer. Yeah, correct. Uh, I did I did actually search for Sam. I wanted to ask him if I may write a novel based on his game, and I wanted some uh, some answers of my questions. So uh, I I got the tip uh, through a forum uh, to contact the, the writer of an earlier article about another game by Sam. So uh, when I got hold of him, uh, of Paul, I, it took just a few days to, to be in contact with Sam and then I could give him all my questions. And, uh, and wow. So, uh, so uh, that was very special. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you've seen me, maybe these figures from the game as well, as in the paper from. Yeah. 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 It's just a, for fun, you know, making some <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so actually you got a little piece um, in that article because you told me when we spoke briefly that the author of the article liked your book ideas so much that he wanted to make it a piece in Retro Gamer. Perhaps tell us a bit about that. Yeah, it's, it's like you said, he, he thought it was a very good idea to to a very unique idea, as you, you think as well, writing a novel based on a game. And he wanted a box out uh, about this book uh, connected to the article. So if I wouldn't have asked him about uh, contact with the programmer, he, maybe he wouldn't have written this article. So it was... Uh, it was a cooperation, you could say. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. But anyway, I said, um, I had this game in mind. And I'm, uh, when I was younger, I was uh, reading a lot. 
And I was thinking about uh, writing something when I got older. And uh, uh, at that time, I was more into theology and philosophy and such things. I wanted to write something from start to end and publish it through a regular publisher. Mm-hmm. And um, when I started writing, it was uh, something else. It became a, a science fiction, a classic science fiction. And I started writing it, uh, I think it was 2007, and I published it on my, under my own brand, uh, 2018. And in that book, I use uh, some scenes in a big house. And in this big house, you have uh, some hidden passages. And that, I got the inspiration from, actually, I'm nearly 100% sure from the detective game. Because oh. there are some hidden passages from there. Mm. Um, and uh, when I was about to write the next book I I was thinking about uh, doing something completely different maybe something to the crime novel uh, genre and uh, I just had one idea maybe I should should base it on on the the detective game because when I found this solution on the internet on YouTube uh, uh, I got kind of surprised in a positive way. So it has been here in my mind all the time, and now it was something I had to do something about it. Wow! So, so you mentioned writing books before. Is that kind of your uh, passion, occupation, or just a hobby? Just a hobby. Yeah. Okay. You are not a professional book writer, novel writer or something. No, no, because that would yet. be interesting. That would be interesting. Anyone you know? that writes is a professional writer. That's 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 the way I look at it. Yeah. That depends. That depends. There are some people that write so badly because of so many grammar and I'm aware of those people. Yes. Like, yes. Like, oh. We know who you're talking about. <laughs> and and the, the, like who, how can you actually read this book he, and he, here's the interesting thing i mean the demo scene always had like special books or something and in the last couple of 10 years i think there were a lot of projects like kickstarters like um translating this uh, swedish book into english and and it would like t- take like 10 years till somebody actually got the idea and the resources and the Kickstarter. And what I found interesting about your Instagram is you you actually mentioned there already release dates for um, approximately release dates for this for the Swedish and for the English version. So you already have that in your mind to go international. Yeah, uh, I do. Uh, but sometimes life comes across or comes in the way of your, your plan. So maybe I have to push it <laughs> until next year. But I can say this much, that uh, the manuscript is 100% done. So wow. what I'm going to do now is that I'm editing the text. So uh, you want it in a readable uh, state, of course. Uh, things should uh, stick together in a good way. You should have a fluent language. You shouldn't find the two evidence, uh, one evidence twice, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you you want to follow these uh, these the characters. They, they should develop during this story, and that that is also important to me because the reason why I open this account on Instagram it's it's very anonymous, 
you don't know that it's me behind it. You only know that it's the detective and this game. Well, they, and the, they know now. <laughs> now yeah, it changed. They know now. And for retro gamer, and it's okay. I'm fine with that. Um, but um, I, I wanted to see if somebody's interested in this connection. And obviously, there are some people interested in this connection. <laughs> well, I have to say, since we have our latest team member that's taking part of, uh, that's taking care of the PR things, I can do other stuff like looking who is our followers and stuff because now I have more time and then like wow let's 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 write to this uh, person because I found that in one photo there's actually a, a tree of communication a communication tree where where somebody asked you questions and you explained the whole idea behind the novel and stuff I was like wow he's pretty he's pretty open and frankly about his idea so thanks to that comment train, I, I was aware of what you are actually doing because um, the Instagram alone, the pictures alone, don't give much hints. No, that's correct. But the, my ambition is uh, to uh, not, not to, to publish it as uh, as a uh, novel based on a game, really. I want mm -hmm. everybody to be able to read it if you like, uh, for example, Agatha Christie or any other mis mystery mm -hmm. crime novel. You, I hope you will like this one as well. It's, 19, it's uh, like in the game, this is, it's 1974, and um, this uh, detective comes to, to the house. You don't know why in the game, but... Uh, from my side, I want to enrich this whole story. I want to use what you can find in the game, but I want to explain it as well. So you get the characters from the game into this novel. You get the plot as well. I, I switch some uh, murders or something, but you can also, this detective also finds some of the evidence you can find in the book also. Ah, okay, but, so it has some spoiler alerts, but not too much that you can't enjoy the game anymore afterwards, after you read the book. No, 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 I don't think, I don't think so, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, if, if you've never, never played the game, but you read the book first, I, I hope that you will recognize the detective and the characters and think, mm -hmm. wow, this is fun, a funny thing. They are actually all here. But I added some characters as well, I have, mm. because they are quite few, and right. nearly half of them die in the game, so, <laughs> in <Wow>. two hours. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah so, so I wonder, you said you asked for permission. Did that actually change about your projects? Does it make it more real to the game, or... Uh, in which way is the... Yeah, how um, does the developer feel about this? <laughs> exactly. This game being turned into a book? I, I think I was quite surprised in, in a good way that uh, somebody wants to use what he did for so long, a long time ago. It's 35 years ago it was published and people still have questions uh, for him. And uh, they, they still say to him that more than 30 years later, they, they, I still get questions about this game. So he's quite surprised about it. And he has seen also uh, uh, the videos on YouTube and uh, the walkthroughs. We have, we have some contact 
mm. now now and then I, I update him where where I am at the moment and so and I will inform about this video as well wow <laughs> yeah so perhaps that is somebody we we, we could interview yeah, in yeah. our historical series at some point in the future let's see um, so, in which is he involved in any way in this production or story of the book? Is there some direct involvement, or does he have um, um, does, he, does he has a cameo role or anything like that that you can share that is not spoiling the enjoyment of the book, perhaps? Um, no, he's not involved in that way. Uh, I, I said I had some questions to him when I started this uh, mm -hmm. project, and after that I felt quite free to to um, develop the story in the way I wanted because he, there was not so much more background uh, else than you, what you actually find in the game and on the rear cover of of this game, uh, the original game. So with with that. I felt that I could add some more information in the way I like. Mm. Uh, and the thing is that um, the game itself, what I do base much of uh, what, what I write about in the game is based on how did I feel at that time when I was a kid, playing the game, the atmosphere, uh, how did I react to what was happening in the game, And I wanted to involve it in this novel, the atmosphere, the the weather. It's it's a stormy thunder. It's a thunderstorm outside and rainy and quite dark. And that, that's um, I, I wanted to put that into the novel. So the the 11 or 12 year me and the grown up me and some more information from the programmer. It's it's involved. I hope in a in a good mix. Mm. But we have to point we have to point out that um, you actually are lucky to be in Sweden because I noticed that myself when I was in Sweden in um, 2005 that um, you don't have a you don't have a translation industry like we have here in Germany where everything is translated and um, synchronized into German. So when I was 12, I knew nothing about English. You know, I was just a starter at fifth class in, in, in a primary school. That is that is how we started. So as a kid, I didn't know more than start, continue, game over. And, and that's what I needed to know. <laughs> and actually, just as an adult, I figured out that, that all those Mario games have a story because nobody of my family was uh, trying or fluent enough in English to to sit there with me in front of the TV and explaining, yeah, the princess was kidnapped and Mario is now with Yoshi and trying to rescue them. So so in, in, in Sweden, in Sweden, there is no such industry like in uh, same actually in the Netherlands, Norway and other countries. So even as a as a small child or youngster or teenager, you you were pretty fluent in English, I guess. So you had you had you were probably part of the same audience like AJ, who is a native English speaker from America. Um, but here in Germany, I don't see myself playing that game at the same age. Mm. 
I, I think I had some difficulties actually uh, at this time. It was uh, mid 1980s, and I think uh, in school we started with English, and uh, when we were nine or ten years old or so. So I, I did have quite many problems with, with the English uh, at that time. But I think that age, our generation, we got much English from uh, from the games actually. So uh, together with with the, the movies, of course, also. Yeah, like I said, yeah. we, I didn't have yeah. that movies. We didn't have English movies. Um, English movies here in the cinema just started with Avatar in 20, 2010. Really? Really? Yeah. Okay. And I'm so that, so sorry that you had to watch Avatar in English. Yeah, well, I I or mean that you had to watch I mean, Avatar I mean, at all. In in 2010, <laughs> 2010, it was the first time in my city I saw a movie like OV. Like what what does it mean OV? Yeah, original version. Like oh my god, really? So that was the first time because Avatar because of the 3D effect was such a hit that they actually released it in English. And starting with that movie, every movie that was bigger after that is also available in cinemas in, in English. But of course, for a premium price. They always add something on top because it's English, you know. Um, but now we have the choice. So before that, before 2010, Everything was German. I, I remember getting my first Harry Potter book in twenty um, in yeah two thousand one. Um, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. That was so expensive. Oh my god! You know, because the library had to import it. You know and stuff like yeah, pretty pretty was pretty rough here in Germany. And and still still as Germans we are not known for our fluency in in English so. But it has become much much better than uh, for example true. 15 years ago. That's yeah. true. That's true. But but the only way I played um, uh, adventure games on the Commodore 64 was because Lucasfilm Games later on Lucas Arts actually produced German versions of Maniac Mansion and Zack McCracken. Okay. <laughs> And that is why. And and we actually had an interview with David Fox, and and he he told us that the the German versions actually sold better than the English ones. You remember playing the uh, the uh, Japanese version of of, uh, of Maniac Mansion and, right. and failing miserably because we couldn't figure out <laughs> anything meant. Yeah, right, right. So but like we've uh, played this game a dozen times. These are where the words are supposed to be, but when you click yeah. on it, that's not what happens. Yeah, it's something's so, not right. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to point out that the fact that you are that you are living in in Sweden and had easier access or earlier access to to English at your age makes such a big difference. I mean, when did I start learning uh, English? When I was thirteen or something. Before that, nah. There's and a nowadays, lot, especially with old games, that you kind right. that 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 you could benefit from. And I was going to pull out. Uh, hang on a second. While I stand up. Uh, okay. This is my original Space Rogue box. Oh, one of my one of my favorite games in the world. But oh. it comes with this is in the age of, of swag, so you got your star map and stuff. But like, so much of it was like the owner's manual to your ship. Right. You know? And again, it's Ooh, all rock. with they they. I mean, they put you know they they put notes in the printing and stuff and. All kinds of, you know, cup stains and yeah. hand marks and stuff. Yeah. 
And this particular thing came with came with a a like instead of doing like the background in the game showing you bringing you up to speed, it was a book. You had to read a uh, a sixteen page novella to get up to speed on where you are in the in the actual book or wow. in, the, in the actual game. Without this, you kind of like, what am I doing? Why am I here? What's what's going on? Yeah, it gives you a reason also to buy the game. Yes, yes. Yeah. Right. And you get but, some extra. You don't right. want to buy it just because uh, you want to play it. You get some extras and you get some background and yeah. and a bigger experience. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I miss those games, those, those days right. of getting swag with your games. Right. Here in Germany, however, there was, when, when Flight Simulator 2 was released in 84, we got a, 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 the whole manual, which was the big book, was yes. completely translated into German. Oh, and really? they actually put a sticker on it on the box, like um, completely translated into German. So nice, nice. So so for the German market, they had to really do a lot to to make. Did you get the complex... accurate aeronautical maps as well? Nah, nah. Uh, We we nah. got on, in the U.S. version anyway. Uh, the Flight Simulator Two came with like aeronautical maps, like actual no. like like. Like no. of the regions that you can fly in that were accurate for the time, you know. I mean, these no. things, a lot of these airports no. don't exist anymore. No, they left that out for the German oh, version. Okay. I, I oh. have. I How have do you know German... where you're going then? Anyway, anyway, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if the detective game had such such um, bonuses in the box, but I guess rather not. If you say you were totally clueless, then I guess not much was inside your box. Actually, I don't know because I didn't have. Uh, I have to. Uh, I have to admit, I had the turbo uh, version cassette. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I cracked. <laughs> but 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 I guess nowadays you got your copy of eBay, right? I mean, hey, you should. I'm, I'm still searching for it. I am. I want the original. It's 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 one of such games that that are hard to find, right? Yeah. I think yeah. Because I had the same I had the same issue with with Space Taxi, and um, that that took me like twelve years to find it. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, um, self self made games by one person without a big publisher really didn't make too much numbers back in the eighties. Even mm. that's um, that's a that's really a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. About- about the game, there's there's actually um, a clone made for Nintendo DS. Uh, oh, really? of yes, Detective yes. Yeah. In 2009, so I, I think. think. Was, pardon? I think it was in 2009. Yeah. Uh, the same year that Avatar came out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Here in Germany, it came 2010, but probably because they had to translate it into yeah. to, to German. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So there are there are people uh, more than me that has been inspired by the game, and I think that's pretty well done because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they're more or less the same game but uh, updated to another right. graphics. Um, you can move into more rooms and, and such. Right. But it wasn't a licensed game, or was it? No, it was. I think it was for free, free download. Mm-hmm. Ah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 a thing. I mean, that's that is something we have here very often when we talk to people. Most people don't ask for permission or have licenses or stuff. Many people do without it. So, 
I'm very happy to hear that you went the different path and it was important for you to get some background information from the coder, from the creator of the game, getting permission and stuff. Um, did you have a backup plan in case he says no? Uh, sorry? I mean, did you have a backup plan in case he said no? He, he said, yeah. like, I'm not supporting you? He's yeah, doing I, I would probably I wouldn't uh, probably I wouldn't write it. Because really? If he, yeah, if he would say please, please don't, I, I wouldn't have, because um, I was a little bit um, I was not so sure from the beginning if I should write it or not. Uh, I, I spoke to to a journalist at the at the paper, and uh, he said that uh, well, if you're into uh, science fiction. Stick to the side. Stick to the genre. Don't don't switch to another thing. Um, uh, and some people shouldn't. They should. They should stick to the genre. To to, to this speci specific theme. Now, uh, my first book. That that was for my first book, science fiction. And who knows? Maybe I'm a better writer when writing a, a crime novel. So I want to try and. Uh, since it's a hobby, I, mean, I still think I, I should do what I like the most. Uh, to me, it's important to keep up the uh, the interest for what I'm doing. Yeah, Especially absolutely. if you, I spend late nights and uh, vacations and um, strange uh, occasions during the day. I want to keep the interest up. So, uh, right, right. Yeah, and I like the game, of course. But if he would say no, I, I wouldn't have done it. Interesting. Right. So it's that important for you what the author of the game thinks about your idea. Interesting. How about family? Do they think you are nuts or are they supporting you and like the idea? They don't know anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I think it's quite common when you are writing. Now I'm open to you and uh, for the rest of the world also, of course. But where, when you're writing something, you want to keep the idea intact. You want it for yourself right. until right. it's time to, to publish it. Yes. Then you can talk openly about it. Because if you talk about your idea for too many people, you get too much questions. You get questioned and... Uh, it's better to keep it for yourself. Right. I'm working like that, at least. Everybody has an opinion, and not to the better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's. I mean, I think I told you the same happened when we started the podcast and stuff. People were like, yeah, you're watering down too much by letting in too many guests from different themes, different topics. And I was like, yeah, but HA and I, we are inviting people that we like and what they do. And it doesn't really doesn't really matter if it's retro only or if it's new games or not about games at all. So um well so it's good yeah. that you that you try to not get too much influence from from outside. Yeah. I think about the influence, I think many people have been influenced by the Commodore 64 and, and the early ages of the computers, for example, musicians and today say, uh, graphicians uh, and so on. So I, th I think it's important oh, yeah. to many people, if, even if they don't say it. I think mm -hmm. uh, what you're doing and searching people up and asking about 
these kind of things. You find this very topic as a foundation in, in what they are doing today. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. How about how about the details of the book? I mean, did you decide if you go black and white without photos, with color photos? Um, do you have a limited publishing amount, or do you do you do what is what is something that is done a lot today? Uh, POD publishing on demand. Mm -hmm. What is what is your plan? My plan is my my first book. I finally published it myself. And it is, uh, uh, yeah, uh, so it's, if you grab the book and look into it, it looks like any other book. And um, it looks like a real book because it's printed by a real printer uh, uh, company making many prints to other well-known publishers. Uh, I let the professional make, put the text down into, on the pages. And uh, for me, it's, it was important to have a real book in your hands. Uh, I started to, uh, to, to make a voice version as well, but I got maybe 100 pages into the story and then I decided not to, to finish the 600 mm. pages. Mm. So I, w I wanted to start writing uh, new stuff. So yeah. it doesn't have an ISBN number and so on, so it's not officially registered worldwide. Or My did first you? Book is. It is. Okay. Yeah. So okay. it's it's a real book. It's registered. Okay. Oh, nice. Uh, but but the next one, okay, the next one. I I, I wanted to be published at uh, a regular publisher in Sweden. I want the professionals to have a look at the text and uh, get their help because it's it's quite costly if you do it yourself. You have to to either you you pay us for it. Or you make some work yourself uh, with the risk that uh, the quality goes down a little mm. bit. But of course, it will be fully your own product. Well, as I said, the alternative would be publish on demand, which is like not everything is on your own, but it's not costly also. It's kind of the middle way, I guess. Yeah, I'm not sure how I will do if if nobody wants to to publish it and I have to publish it myself. Maybe print on demand, or I haven't decided yet. I mean, I mean, I mean, what I read from Amazon, it's like it's printed when people order it. So, uh, so it's um, basically you only have the costs of what is required, and I guess that is like you have to you have to pay two two copies. For the uh, for the um, library in, in in Sweden and for the international library, I guess that that's a requirement. Otherwise, your your book may not be published. But I guess apart from that, there is no not really any requirement. I guess like with two hundred euros, you should be should be good. Whatever that is in Swedish crowns, but um, I guess I guess you can buy pretty cheap. Other, uh, of course except you are totally broke, but I guess that's not the case. Um, but yeah, but, but I mean, I spoke to many people and, you know, people, you know, especially pioneers like former workers from Komodo and so on, they, they don't like the idea of eBooks and publish on demand. And AJ and I, we saw a lot of book projects in the last year that failed because they made an Indiegogo Kickstarter and they, didn't gather it's, enough interest and that know, is it, like it's, sad 
the the whole publish on demand thing is one of those um one of those things that is like a double-edged sword because back in the day when you would write a book you'd submit it to a publisher and more than often it would get turned down um and so now it's like now you can publish on demand get it on amazon and people can download it or print it or whatever and anyone can do it so before it was difficult to get your stuff out there now it's easy to get your stuff out there but we're inundated in a sea of crap because anyone can do anything yeah because if somebody is publishing your um, your book uh, for you i mean professionals then you then you know as a buyer that it has right. had, at some point of quality right it's right. not always perfect it's not uh, but uh, at least you should be able to read it. And, yeah, uh, so there's been yeah. editors. It's not just some guy going, I will publish this now. Click. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've proofread it once. Everything looks good. Done. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, that's, that's a pity because there are good books, I think, made in that way. Mm-hmm. But they, they will disappear in this whole ocean of crap, right. of course. Yeah. So in that case, you need somebody to to talk to to say to people, "Hey, I, I've read a book. It's self-published and it's really good." Because I think you need voices out there to to mm. tell about your book. If I say it myself, nobody will listen. Right. Somebody uh-huh. else has to say it. Bread, bread of mouth. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And that, that's up to all, nearly all uh, uh, writers. They have. They cannot talk for themselves. They need others to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so as I said, you want to go by a Swedish... and agent and all that stuff. Right. I'm not not in terms with my publicist and agent anymore. Right. Call Uh, me. Sorry. (laughs) So so you said you tried to find a publisher uh, on the Swedish market to publish your book. Probably both the Swedish and the English version. Yeah, if if the publisher is Swedish one, uh, hopefully they are interested to to publish it in more international context. Are you writing it in uh, Swedish, or or are you writing it in English? Uh, Swedish. Okay. It's it's more natural for me to to use my native language. Mm-hmm. I have I have in mind that if I have to publish it for by myself, maybe I should make a translation, but. It would be not so natural for an English native or American native to read it, I think. I know. Somebody... Yeah, one of my current gigs right now, or one of my, my volunteer um, things, is helping to um, clean up an English translation of a book that was written in Germany. And um, it, there's a lot of... Um, it's hard for me as a writer to not be like, this whole section uh, doesn't need to be there. You know, like like it, it it's aside from the fact that it doesn't it doesn't that the that the um the order of words and stuff is not exactly the same and it doesn't directly translate over is the fact that, you know, my own brain goes into quality control and I'm like, This is exposition, we don't we don't need this, change change this. Mm. You know, and mm. I and I and I start doing editing as well and, and it's I can't that's not what I'm here to do. But and that yeah. is that is yeah. why the translator of the book shouldn't be a book author himself, probably. Yeah, yeah probably, yeah. Yeah. Right. 
So, but but I mean, nowadays you have a lot of options. I mean, personally, for for our magazine, I sometimes hire people from um, from freelancer platforms, you know, for a cheap amount of money, and but anyway, good quality. So there are mm -hmm. a lot of options nowadays, you know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So tips is very important, of course. Uh, yeah. If you know people who who know Swedish and good English, so. Yeah, I know good there, English, there many... but I don't know Swedish. But also, <laughs> but also yeah, yeah. you're going to get notes like you don't need to, we don't need this apart. Right. So, so don't, right. don't send it to me to, to edit. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I um, mean, while while talking to you, I wouldn't actually say that you your your English sounds like off or not fluent. But of course, uh -huh. I'm not a native English speaker. I can't really judge. I guess HJ is the better judge about I that. I don't have any problem with anybody's English here. Everybody you see, can. that's his attitude. For <laughs> yeah. him, everybody speaks well, but that doesn't yeah. have. So no, much not everybody people. speaks well. There's some people where I got to sit there and I'll be like, and there's sometimes you're when y'all say something, I'll be like, pardon, like what? What was that again? Because it just doesn't make any sense. But yeah. but no, it, generally speaking, you know, if <laughs> if I can understand what you're saying, then then. That's nice. Yeah. I, I will uh, definitely be your customer. When the book is out, yeah, let me know. Yeah, I will absolutely. buy the English copy. And, and and actually, we should meet again after the book is published and talk about it, how it turned oh. out. Yeah. I definitely. Like definitely. Yeah. I keep you updated. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Nice, awesome. Nice. Uh, where can people go to find out about this? Like, what, is, do you have a website up for it, or is there anything like where people can can learn about the process <laughs> in the game? Uh, pardon? Like, Instagram. is there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The the Instagram. Is there a website up for it, or is there anything? Or do you have a personal like author website? Uh, yeah, I do have a website. Uh, still, no information about this book yet. Okay. But um, my official my official website is plutoniumpoodle.se. It is what it sounds like. It's plutonium poodle. Right. It's in okay. Swedish. I, I can I can hand you over a, a link to it. Sure. Do that. Do that. Yeah. We'll put that and, in the podcast description. So yeah. You can see it as perfect. well. Yeah. And if you want to follow this uh, this project with the detective game and uh, novel. It's it's only on Instagram so far. So nice. Yeah, I got the account because you were liking our last uh, guest. So it's, you are easy yeah. to find. I know I know how to find you. Wonderful. I prepared something for you. Nice. Okay. okay. Are you ready, guys? Sure. Yes. No prestige in this, okay? But I have I have prepared a little quiz. Are you ready? Sure. Oh, yeah. A Commodore 64 game quiz. Oh, All right. Okay. Oh, boy. Start. Should be maybe. I would just start with this one. It's better. Okay. What do we have here? Well, um, Bruce Lee, I guess. Bruce Lee, correct. Very good. Okay. <laughs> this one, you should, <laughs> should manage this one. This is actually a bookmark I made with a, with a game. Theme. Impossible mission. Yeah. Or or Correct. or some of the runners from uh, Summer Games. Yeah, exactly. They reused the same sprite yeah. for Summer Games. Yeah. They did. 
Okay. They did, yeah. It was the <laughs> same graphic artist. Yeah, actually. yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. It's it's impossible mission. Yes. Okay, next one. Ooh. Oh. Um. Ooh, I don't don't remember that one. Hmm. Hau. I know, but I can't think of what it is. Uh, by Ultimate, play the game. By uh, what? Ultimate, the company Ultimate, play the game. Uh, okay, Dragon Skull. Oh. oh, okay. Now I, I never like... played. I know this. I have heard the name, but never played it. Okay. Okay, okay. It was not an easy one. I played it once, once or twice, but not enough to remember it. Yeah. And this one is quite actual. Scary, isn't it? <laughs> it's only I... a cropped part of the game, but uh, it's a it's a fast bump on the loose in the in the United States. Agent USA. Oh. Okay. Okay. I realized, but this this one it's it's not easy. This one then. Already mentioned it. Ah, Wistball, of course. Yeah, Wistball. It's the favorite, definite favorite. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're not doing well at this year. We need to pick up our game. It's yeah. not easy. It's it's very very cropped things. Okay, what is this thing? Should know about this. Uh, should look like this. Oh, well, that's a question. Come on, sixty-four. Yeah, that's all, guys. I don't, I don't have the bread bin. I've got the, I've got the uh, the newer one. <laughs> the eighty-six model. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I got. I actually got the C64 from Retro Games uh, the other week. Oh. Oh I yeah. Oh, the, the I 64. The C64, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I tried it only once so far, but uh, <laughs> I'm happy that somebody has done it. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Nintendo made their own version, of course, but they have the resources. You're right. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean. Um, thanks to me, they fixed some some sound issues um, in the games of. Thanks to you, I believe I had something to do with that. It was because I was the one that pointed out what exactly the problem was. Exactly, but I was the one who who was so nerve wracked uh, yeah. about it because actually the uh, first versions of the firmware of the C64 Mini had the the game title music started in the middle rather than the beginning and that really that really pissed me off it's because and i just did a capture of the rom while it was running <laughs> and stuck it in the system so it just picks up where it, where it left off so it's middle right. of the middle of the interest. right right <laughs> and and after a year after a year, a year the project manager sent me an sms like oh by the way we decided to fix it in the next firmware update like wow thank you yeah <laughs> yes they listen to you that's good it took a year, but yeah, well, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. Cool. Okay, well, thanks a lot. Thank you, sir. So ha have a Thank good you evening. You too. you too. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> bye.